The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For, for you are with me. Your, your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Then what my head with oils. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Good morning. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're here and we welcome you to uh, Providence here on Father's Day. While we were just singing that last song, which is called the doxology, the praise God from whom all blessings flow. Um, this morning I've been thinking about uh, a scripture in the book of Revelation. It's in chapter 5. It's sort of this vision of heaven, and it says that thousands and thousands of angels have come around and have, are singing praises to the Lamb, and the Lamb is Jesus. It says, all honor and glory and praise be to the Lamb. Uh, if you read on, it actually says 10,000 times 10,000 <laughs> angels are worshiping, which I think if I've done my math right without having had my phone this morning and calculator, I think that's 100 million don't check that right now and holler it out or anything. Just, let's just go with 100 million. Sometimes in worship, you sort of like you get a glimpse of, of, uh, of the heavenly realms. I just sort of felt that connection, right? Can, like to think right now there's 100 million angels that are worshiping the Lamb, that are worshiping Jesus. Sometimes I feel like I, I can get too, too big for my britches, you know, and think too much of myself, think, think too highly of myself. I definitely uh, consider my importance a lot more than I probably should. Well, there's 100 million angels right now that have turned their attention to Jesus, not me or you. And that makes me really happy <laughs> because the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. The Lord makes us lie down in green pastures. You know, sometimes God will make you do some things, like actually make you do some things. He leads us beside still waters. He restores my soul. Anybody need your soul to be restored this morning? You're looking at one. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, God is trying to get us to good places. The place that God is leading you is a good place. You may be wondering, you may be thinking like, where are we going here, God? Where are we headed? What's next? What's going on with my life? With the Lord as our shepherd, we're being told we're being led to good places, places of green pastures and still waters. But it's more than that. This part says he's leading us to the right place. Not just a good place, I'll take a good place, but this is saying it's even more than that, it's the, it's the right path for you. That we could know that God's leading us to the right place, the right path, if we will make him our shepherd, and it's for his name's sake. Um, what that means is that what God's doing in our lives is for him, 
for his name's sake. I, 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 I use the word sake maybe sometimes, uh, but I wasn't real sure what it meant. It just means for the purpose of. And so we are being led to a place for the purpose of his name. That's sort of strange. I'm still working that out. We're going to try to figure out what that might mean together this morning. Because we do things all the time for other people's sake. We'll say, I, I do something for someone. You've done, probably many of us already today, you've done something for someone, for a child, or maybe for your father, or you're preparing to do something. We do something for someone. What would it mean to do something for someone's name? For the purpose of someone's name, for uh, someone's name's sake. Have you ever done something for someone's name? Have you ever done something different for the sake of someone's name? It reminded me of this time I, I was a teenager and I was doing something foolish. Not illegal, but foolish, okay? And uh, the rest of the details are not important for this story. You guys catch me afterwards like, well, you left out some details on purpose, right? So I was a teenager. I was doing something foolish for the purpose of impressing my friends. That was, I remember the purpose. But I was also in the presence of some other people that I didn't know. So I was being foolish in the presence of my friends and also some people that I didn't know. And one of those people, an adult, asked me this question. He said, aren't you the son of John and Nancy Armstrong? Yeah. Aren't you the son of John and Nancy Armstrong? And do you know what happened when that question was asked of me? I started acting right. <laughs> in an instant, in a moment, just hearing the sound of my parents' names, hearing the sound of my dad's name. I don't think about my dad's name all the time. He's dad. I don't say it hardly ever. When I heard his name, I changed the way I was acting for the sake of his name and because I wanted to live, right? So there's, it can all, I think that's, that'll even work today, okay? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He's leading us somewhere uh, into, a, into a right place where we will do right things for his name. I get accused of telling the same stories over and over again. And the reason I get accused of that is because I tell the same stories over and over again. That's my thing. I love to tell the same stories over and over again. And I learned that, that skill and that love from my two grandfathers. Their names were Bill Armstrong, who's passed away, and Wilbur is my, is my other grandfather, and that's what we call him, Wilbur. When me and my brother were little, uh, my brother called him Peepaw, and he said, call me Wilbur. And so here we are, we're 40 years old, and we're still calling him Wilbur. And what I love is that they tell the same stories over and over again. I love it. I cue them, I cue Wilbur up. I'm like, I throw the, you know, like, hey, remember? And I get in this place, my aunts and uncles and my you know, families looking at me like, oh my gosh, you're going to tell it again? It's like, yes, I wanted to tell it again. I want to hear that story because now those stories that they tell are stories that I tell. My, my brother will be hiking somewhere and I'll, I'll start telling one of Wilbur's stories because I love how their stories are really my story. And then after you tell them so many times, you can't even really tell the difference between your story and their story. And as they tell the story, I can, I can picture it like I was there. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I remember 1955, you know, and we're just telling this story together. 
And so we tell them over and over again, and there's some value when the family story becomes your story. You know, it's been recited so many times. You're like, oh yeah, I know that. David in the scriptures, a grandfather, tells a story that we've said so many times. Imagine him telling it to his sons or his grandsons or his granddaughters. He was a shepherd boy, but he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Grandfather David, picture him. He makes me lie down in green pastures. They can picture it. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. What was David, old David referring to in the restoration of his soul? Was it after he had, he had uh, committed adultery and God restored his soul? Was it after the death of one of his sons and he restored my soul? We don't know, but it was this family story, the 23rd Psalm. that has been said so many times. When I hear the 23rd Psalm, it's like I can picture it. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember when we had to lay down those green pastures. Don't you see it, like when you're talking about it? Oh, the still waters. And if you're hearing the 23rd Psalm for the first time this morning, oh, I'm so thankful you're here. It's going to get inside of you. It's going to become a part of you. That's why I'm encouraging you to memorize it this summer. I think we can do it. We could get God's word in us. We're like, that's my story. Grandfather David's story is my story. So here's one of my stories I tell all the time. Uh, It's actually our story. And it happened in Nicaragua. Several years ago, a person in our church felt led by the shepherd down to a right path that we would go to Nicaragua. Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And many people, the majority of people in Nicaragua don't have access to clean, safe drinking water. Many rural Nicaraguans live without access to clean water that they can drink. And so what that means is that most of the girls carry water most of the day, and they grow into women who carry water most of the day for food and bathing and preparing and that kind of thing, which means they never go to school. They never have an opportunity to school because they have to get water. And even the water they're getting is not clean water. They oftentimes have a a tainted water source which means that children get very simple diseases, even things like diarrhea, and die. And someone in our church led us on this path to go to Nicaragua, and I was there several years ago in a village, a community called Los Cerritos, which just means the little hills. And Los Cerritos is a village of 52 families. They have over 100 children that live there, but they they didn't have clean water. And so one day I was taken with the women down to this creek bed, where there was this shallow, dirty water, and we were putting the water in these big buckets, and I was helping them. I put one on my shoulder, and I began to walk up the steep uh, creek embankment, and I fell under the weight of the water, like I wasn't strong enough to carry it on my old broken shoulder. And when I hit the ground, I just started crying. I was just, I don't know, it was just like this mess of all this stuff in my heart. It wasn't because I fell down, it was just like the water thing, and, and, and no water, and I'd heard that day in the back of a truck on the drive to Los Cerritos that they could have a well in Los Cerritos, that there was clean water that could be accessed with a well and that a well would cost $10,000. That's what popped into my mind, $10,000. I had just bought a car, a 2005 Toyota Highlander, for $10,000, the same number. It was like $10,000 and $10,000, and I just wept. And in that moment, some of our church members were there, and they just let me weep. I felt God lead me in a path, sort of. I I didn't hear an audible voice, but I felt God say in my spirit, to say, Jacob, go back to Providence Church and ask them for $10,000. And I said, you betcha. I was kind of pumped. But by the time I got on the plane to fly home, all of my normal insecurities and anxieties and voices in my head began to tell me what a bad idea that was because I ask you guys for money all the time. 
And, you know, I, I, I began to picture myself and y'all thinking, well, there's a pastor on a mission trip and he's pumped up. You know, here he is excited again, all those kind of things. And so what I did on the plane ride home is I began to make a plan. I began to make a plan for how we could raise that money. But what I want you to hear is it was different than what God had asked me to do while I was crying in the dust, okay? So here was my plan. I figured up, I knew how many people went to our church at that time. We met at West Wilson Middle School. And I figured up that if everybody that came to church on a normal Sunday morning would give what they were gonna give to buy lunch that Sunday, that's it. If people would just come and give what they were gonna give to buy lunch, we'd have $10,000. That's a good plan, isn't it? But it wasn't the plan God asked me to, to share. But I was so proud of the plan. I used a calculator and all that. I had it all figured out. And I was bebopping down the hallway of West Wilson Middle School. The next day was Sunday morning. I had written what was probably an amazing sermon. And I was getting ready to go and preach it. And I was walking down the hall. I wasn't even thinking about the Nicaragua thing because I had the plan all worked out. I was walking down the hall and I felt that my shepherd and my spirit say, don't share your plan. And I was like, God, it's a good plan. I'm almost certain it will work. But I'll tell you something. I still fear God. There's 100 million angels worshiping Jesus around the throne right now. And so most of the time, if I feel like God has told me not to do something, I'm, I'm not gonna do it. And I didn't do it. I didn't share the plan. Instead, at the end of my sermon, I just kind of told the story of being in Nicaragua. And I said, there's there's a well that needs to be there, and God asked me to ask you for $10,000. And we started communion, and I got down, and I went underneath the wildcat that's emblazoned on the wall underneath the, the basketball goal, and I went and stood there, and this guy came down through communion. He walked right over to me, and he put in my hand $10,000. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't share my plan, because <laughs> that dude would have given me eight bucks. And do you know what? In a few weeks, that 10,000, because of you guys in a church meeting in a middle school gym, turned into $100,000. And if you go to Los Cerritos today, there's a well. They stayed up in the middle of the night. The whole village stood around a drill, and they had lights on waiting for the water to be struck. And we have a video of water spurting out of the ground and the people celebrating, praising Jesus in the village. But there's not just a well there, there is a, a pumping station and there's a big tank up on a hill that has a gravity fed system of pipes that the, that the community folks dug over the course of months after they worked all day in the fields, they came home and they dug and laid pipe to every home. There's a spigot in every front yard where they can turn on water. This is a picture of one of the front yards in Los Cerritos. And that little, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> And that little girl will never have to put a bucket on her shoulder. And what that means is she goes to school across the street in the school in Los Cerritos. And I don't know what God's going to do in her life, but it makes me just crazy pumped thinking about it. But it's not just Los Cerritos. There's a neighboring village called Los Guasimos that heard about it. And you guys went back down there. And Los Guasimos that has about 50 families and 100 kids, they now have a well and a pumping station and a tank on a hill and pipes going to every house and a spigot in every front yard. And there's actually a new community in, in Nicaragua I haven't told you about yet that because of your offerings that you put in these baskets on a Sunday morning in Mount Juliet, we have a new community that we're beginning the project. We're going in September and back in February for his name's sake. <laughs> That's why. 
I can't think of any other reason why. For his name's sake, because of the shepherd, for him. And I have decided, help me, church. I have decided that I don't want to make eight buck per person plans anymore when God's wanting to work a miracle through us. But my tendency, even when God begins to speak into us, is try to take it from there. But he leads us. He leads us. Will we listen to where he's leading us? You know where Jesus is leading us? Into right paths. Paths of righteousness. You see, that means that we have to act differently. That does mean that we have to behave right. When we remember whose name we carry, we act different. Aren't you the son of John and Nancy Armstrong? Oh. We have to stop being foolish. We have to stop acting like we carry a different name. You know, when you do something, ask yourself, what if someone said, aren't you a child of the living God? Aren't you one of those who carry the name of Jesus? And if that would change what you are doing, then change what you are doing. If you remembering whose name you're living for would change what you're doing, then just change what you're doing. But it's not just acting right, it's doing acts of righteousness. It's about doing justice. Why are we trying to bring water to people in Nicaragua? Is that really for the sake of Jesus' name? Yes. It's the right thing to do. An act of justice is to recognize, I have clean water, don't you? I have clean water. All God's children should have clean water. So what are we gonna do? We must follow where he leads us. The image here is of God as our shepherd out front leading us. What I tend to do is look behind me and say, hey, Jesus, I made this plan in the airplane. Will you come and make it a good plan? I'm probably not ever gonna go down as like a great theologian. Um, the things I think about are just too simple, but this means a lot to me. Put Jesus out front. That's what we're talking about. If you're facing something right now, put Jesus out front. If you're leading a family, put Jesus out front. If you're facing a business deal and it's getting kind of icky and you're not quite sure what you're supposed to do, put Jesus out in front. Put Jesus out in front of your life. He always leads to right paths. Paths of righteousness. Jesus is leading you to a good place. And if you follow him, you'll be led to the right path. That means that we have to seek to act right. It does mean that, Christians. Okay. It means you have to act right. It means you have to act in accordance with the teachings of Jesus. Our behavior is not to be determined by what we want to do, but by the name. We have to do right things and we have to do justice. They're not disconnected. They're so connected. What you hear, what we're talking about is taking on a higher calling for his name's sake, for his life. God's calling us to a really high calling. This next point I have for you is like super hard to, to wrap your mind around. It's that your life is for the sake of the name. Your life is for the sake of the name of Jesus. The world, my friends, has been telling you lies. Your life is not all about you. Your life is not about all this stuff that, that you want to do. Your life is for the sake of Jesus and for his name. You know what? I don't ever want to celebrate 
water in Nicaragua or a school in Haiti or food for kids in Wilson County or whatever it is. I don't ever want to do that if it's just to celebrate our great church. And we have a great church. I'm so proud of this church. But we will celebrate it for his namesake. We'll throw parties. We'll gather on the front lawn with food trucks and celebrate for his namesake that people would know how great our God is, that we'd start practicing already to be a part of the 100 million. (laughs) We just go ahead and start now. There's a great proverb in the book of Proverbs, most likely written by David's son, Solomon. So you're gonna be able to hear how David began to pass down the story into his son and then into his grandchildren. So in the book of Proverbs, it says this in chapter three, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Listen, in all your ways, acknowledge him. There's the name. Solomon learned from his dad in all your ways to acknowledge the name. And then it says, and then he will direct your path. He'll get you in the right path. But did you hear the steps that come before that? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own plans in all your ways. Acknowledge him, acknowledge him, acknowledge him. Speak his name in your home. Speak his name over your grandchildren. Speak his name in your business. You know, carry the name. We live for his name's sake. I had a guy come up to me after church last Sunday uh, over here in the corner. And that's what happens after church. People come up to me. I love that. They tell me things, but they're oftentimes very varied things. And so I'm trying to like make them all connect in my mind. Some person will tell me one thing and then the next thing. So sometimes I know when you're talking to me, you're like, is his brain working? It's working. It's just working slowly, right? I'm just trying to get it all caught up. And so this guy named Jay, we're over in the corner. I don't think I've ever talked to him before. And he said, here, he told me what he was up to. He said, I feel, he said, I'm leading next week a group of 40 refugee children to camp. They're actually leaving tomorrow. There's a refugee resettlement program in Antioch where there are children from Rwanda and the South Sudan and the Congo who've had to flee their homes because of famine and war and disease. They've left their fathers behind. These are some of the kids uh, at the camp last summer, last winter. Jay is loading up um, the kids from Stonebrook Community in Antioch 40 of them to take them to this wonderful camp called Revive. And Revive's this amazing camp. It's run by some United Methodists who I trust. And the kids go on 100% scholarship. And he's running, raising money for that. But what he said to me over in the corner is he said, do you think, he said, I've been only coming here a short time, but he said, do you think the church uh, would help me out? He said, I just, you know, they're needing everything like the, to load up. They don't have a bag. They don't have a sleeping bag. They don't have toiletries. And he said, I just realized, you know, we're driving down. We're going to need to eat a meal on the way down and the meal on the way back. He said, do you think the church would help out with a meal? And I got all this stuff going on in my brain. I said, hey, will you send me an email on this? And he did. And the next morning, Monday morning, I was sitting in my office looking at the email and I couldn't help be struck that we had just sent all of our kids to camp to hear about Jesus And we paid for that. I paid for two of them. And here are 40 kids that Jay wants to get to camp, and they don't have money for lunch. And Jay ended his email with something like, to the effect of, uh, I want them to know the name of Jesus. And so do you know what I did in my office on Monday morning, Providence Church? I started making a plan. (laughs) I did. Jenny and Gina walked into my office for our worship meeting, and I couldn't help it. I just had to start telling I asked them. We started making a plan. Later that night, I was talking to Rachel and asked her, and she, she was helping me make a plan. 
And just so you know, we could pay for the kids to have lunch on the way down and the way back. I would have never had to tell, ask you about it. But what I wondered, as I got into making my plan, I began to wonder, wait, what if God wants to write a new story through these children and through us? Like Maybe there's something. I don't know this, okay? I'm just one guy in his office on a Monday morning. But what if there's something happening that we might tell our grandkids about? about how we honored the sacred value of children who had to escape their country and leave their families. And people who carry the name of Jesus for the sake of the children did something for the name. Or maybe it'll be a story that one of them tell that we won't know until we're a part of one of the 100 million (laughs) where one of them becomes a grandfather that pours into a granddaughter that does some great thing to change the world. This isn't a pressure thing. I'm gonna ask you to help me pay for, for these kids but what I want you to hear, what I learned with the Nicaragua thing, is that God is already preparing people. So I'm not asking you for, if this isn't hitting you or you don't carry a check or whatever, it's, it's cool, everything's good. What I learned with the Nicaragua thing with that person is that they came prepared by God already, right? And some of us here, even just hearing what I've told you, you're like, I'm one of those people. And I'll tell you, I'm one of those people. My wife, Rachel, and I feel called to give a sacrificial gift so that they might know his name. Oh, I didn't tell you, in the email, they're also $10,000 short to scholarship the kids to camp. And that number has a way of getting my attention. And I'm tired of writing $8 per person stories when we have a God who works miracles. I'm tired of asking you to pay the same that you'd pay for lunch when God can make water shoot out of the ground for people that have never had water. I don't think the 23rd Psalm is a bedtime story. I think it's our family story. And we got it in us. So we have to live like it. We have to act right. And we have to do righteousness. So in my office, the right path seemed to me to say, we paid for our kids to go to camp last week. Let's pay for these kids to go to camp this week. Because they are of the same worth to God and us. Your life is for his namesake. Your life is for the purpose of lifting up the lamb who one day, the scripture says, one day everybody will fall down on their knees and say, yep, he is the Lord. It's not about you. Your life's not about you. I'm sorry. And if you're like me and you've gone a long time thinking that, I'm sorry, your life is not all about you. My life is not all about me. We're led by the shepherd. And Jesus, who we are told is our great shepherd, said, follow me. And if you follow me, you will have to take up a cross. So what I'm getting at is like, this isn't about you and it's going to hurt sometimes. This is about, it sounds like you're like, what is God asking of me in the midst of this? He's asking everything. Like everything. You ever have a kid and you tell them like, hey, you need to go in your room and clean up everything. And they're like, okay, but what do you mean by everything? (laughs) Right? That's what we're always looking for. They're like, everything, everything. Everything, everything. God's calling you. Not to hear the 23rd Psalm and feel good about it. Not to some kind of Christianity where we gather for an hour every week. But everything. He wants to lead you in the right paths. But it's not about you. It's for his namesake. 
And I don't want to teach you something different because the substitute stinks. If you take the other path, it leads to destruction. (laughs) But if you're willing to give up everything, then I want to tell you to go for it. He wants to work miracles through your life to pour in you a story that could be a legacy story for, your, for children and grandchildren. The Lord is our shepherd. It's not a bedtime story. It's our family story. Uh, so let's say our story together. We, we say it over and over. Let's say the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You have the opportunity, if you feel led, to give so the kids can have lunch on the way down and the way back, and so they can have a week at camp, just like our kids did. We have some baskets up front. Uh, when you come through communion, there'll be a basket, and you can place something in there. Again, not a pressure thing. We thank you for how you faithfully give every week. It's just There's some of us here, and we're like, I'm one of those who's prepared uh, to give, so that will happen. Uh, so the baskets will be up, for, up front. I'll be under here, over here under the wildcat if you have something special uh, that you want to uh, give me. Let's pray. God, we pray that this bread and juice would become for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Which just means, God, we believe that as we take this bread and juice, we receive Christ, our King, our Shepherd, And we pray you do a work in us that would lead us into paths of righteousness. For your name's sake, amen.